Welcome to the Discussions Podcast, where I get to sit down with the most interesting people I know and learn from them. And I hope that by you listening to this podcast, you get to learn from them too and become the best version of you. That's me. Hey, Brazil is in the house. Brazil. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm doing fabulous, girl. I'm doing wonderful. January 1st, 10 a.m. And we are here hustling. We are here. We are here. It's a beautiful day and we are making shit happen. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> and you're probably one of the only people who would have said, said yes to, to coming. coming. On January 1st in the morning. It's true. Like when you said that uh, time was going to go crazy and I knew like actually my week is going to go crazy too because people are going to go back to their normal lives and you know, the summer projects are about to start. I mean, New Year's resolution. And I said like, January 1st is a great idea because I know, I know I'm not going to go too crazy on January 31st yeah. because I already went crazy January 30 and I was yeah. just chilling and like, this is going to be perfect. So tell me what you did last night. I went to a friend's house. It was like a very intimate, like New Year's Eve, just like five of us watch fireworks, some food, did a little toast. And then I went to a quick dinner after, like just some bites with another friend. And that's it. That's it. I mean, that sounds like a lot. I was in bed by 10 p.m. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of plans to me. It was. I mean, but it was very organic. Like, the goal was to make it to midnight, watch fireworks, and then no no big plans, no parties or nothing, no traffic. But then, you know, one thing led to another, great conversations happened, and we just stayed up a little longer. Well, it sounds like a perfect night. It was. It yeah. really was. So I'm glad you're here. Me too. I did give you a little bit of background before we started recording why I invited you specifically, but I did want to tell the listeners about why. Let's go. So episode one was all about body image mm -hmm. and all about focusing on what your body can do versus what it looks like. Mm -hmm. And you, Amanda, are a bodybuilder. Yes. So your world is all about what your body looks like. Mm -hmm. So it's really important, I believe just in life with regards to different topics to mm -hmm. talk about different angles to a certain topic mm -hmm. and listening to people's experience and, and thoughts on certain subjects that might be different to mine, who knows, or there yeah. might be some common ground. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to talk to you about the beautiful work that you do with your body. Uh -huh. So well, why don't you tell me how you started competing in bodybuilding? Okay. Uh, that's wow. That's such a good question because the answer is going to be very, very, uh, perfect for what we're talking about today. So I was, first of all, thank you for having me. It's so of amazing course. to have this, like, which every time we meet, we have this amazing conversations. So having it. this, like looking into your eyes and having this was an intention to like, just share a message to other people. And maybe help other women. This I'm very grateful. So thank you. This is a perfect no, beginning you. of the year. Air high five. Air high five. <laughs> so I started bodybuilding. Um, I fitness is is I went to college for back in Brazil. It's, it's like a major. So I was always involved in sports and and dance and like just very physical always. Um, but then as all things happen, you know, I just, when I graduated, I just wanted to make money fast and I started to work for the government of all things. I'm from the capital of Brazil. 
So that's what it, what you know, makes money spin there. So I just wanted money fast because I wanted to travel the world. And I found myself very frustrated with my job. You know, I thought I was going to be able to contribute back to society. I thought I was going to have an amazing job, like to, I don't know, pay back and just do a good thing. And I found myself very, very frustrated and borderline almost depressed every Sunday evening, you know, before I go back to work on a Monday morning. The Sunday scary. It was, um, it was horrible. And I was, wow, I must've been 23, 24. So uh, too young to be dealing with that. And then I was only happy Friday night, only happy on the weekends, only happy when I was drinking, when I was partying. I was like, this is wrong. I can't be happy 20% of my time and miserable 80% of my time. So I started like, uh, at the time I had a boyfriend that he switched his life completely. He was, uh, when we got together, he was graduating from law school and he hated it. One year before he graduated, I was like, I'm not doing this. I'm, I'm chasing my dream of going to med school. His dad is a doctor, so for whatever reason, he didn't pursue that initially. But then he's like, I'm, I'm changing my life. I'm not. I can't be a lawyer. I need to be a doctor. And, you know, at age 23, still babies, you no, know, looking back, we're still babies. But it's, it's kind of a late to start a, a medical career. You know, most of the kids are starting school back in Brazil, 17, 18. But that didn't stop him. <clears throat> and I saw how happy he was. Like, he was so excited with... His studies, and even though he had long hours of studies, I was like, I need something like that in my life. I was like, I need to feel that joy. Like, and now I kept thinking, like, what gives me joy? Like, what's what's my happiest moment of the day? And it was the gym. At the time, even though I graduated, I was just working out. I had a first story of like gaining a lot of weight when I did an exchange program here in America and went back to Brazil. That was my first, like, okay, I need to work it out and get this excess weight off and build some muscle. So I was getting more and more involved into just feeling better about myself. And, you know, I got bit by the fitness bug and every time I just wanted more and more, which was great. And it was a great addiction to have, if anything. <clears throat> and then I remember I started following athletes. That was just at the beginning of Instagram. So I'm dating myself now. So for those of you, there was a time Instagram wasn't around, but right at the beginning of social media, I mean, beginning of Instagram, I started following athletes and like just getting engaged and, and, and like asking them questions and, you know, just what I didn't know was, but I was networking, you know, and I went to, I remember there was a competition, Arnold, which is one of the biggest bodybuilding competitions. It was in Rio back then. And I talked to that boyfriend of mine, like, we should go. And he was into fitness. So we went there. And at the, at the expo, I saw so many of the athletes that I followed online. And then even then, that was 2014. So almost 10 years ago now. Wow. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Uh, I remember, it's going to sound horrible, but I was so disappointed with the vast majority of the female athletes. Because even then, they were using a lot of Photoshop, a lot of things. And I was like, I was in shock because it was a world that I didn't know. And now it doesn't shock me anymore. We all mm -hmm. know that. But, you know, at the beginning, it's like, you don't look like your pictures. There were two athletes that I saw like, wow, they are exactly that. And you can see that they lived there. They weren't playing a role. That's mm -hmm. who they were. And I was amazed by these two women. Uh, that I met, they were like, wow, they are that. They are the real thing. 
and kind of like disappointed with the rest, you know, no, no judgment or anything. It's just like, wow. You know, it's like, what a bummer. Cause you have all these expectations. Like they're, oh, they're amazing. They're like incredible women. But what did, that did do is when I get back to my home in Brasilia, I had this little bug in my, in the back of my ear. Like, I think I can do this. I think you can't. <laughs> and you did. 10 years later. <laughs> yeah. And and then I just, you know, I, I had that thought. And then I, I talked to my boyfriend at the time. Like, I'm thinking of doing this. What do you think? And he's like, yeah, go for it. And I talked to my coach because I had a, a, a trainer back then, which was my, my colleague from from college. And we said, like, yeah, let's do it. And uh, a little back, back story. Before I went to Arnold, of course, I trained as hard as I could for the first time ever. I was like, I'm going, I'm, I'm going to go there like, like I belong in there, you know? <laughs> so I was already very, very lean and very athletic. So uh, after I did the decision, a month later, there was a competition uh, in my, my city. I signed for it. I had no idea what I was doing, but I had amazing friends who helped me with hair, makeup, bikini, my, my boyfriend at the time, his mom, she, I got a bikini. She sold like some bedazzle on it. Yeah, she is the oh. best. So it was like a team effort. And for the first time I had my parents there, I had some friends. It was incredible. And, you know, I stepped on stage. I had, once again, no idea what I was doing. I was posing. It was amazing. <laughs> and I lost. Like, I wasn't even called for the first. I probably was on stage for 30 seconds total. But I remember the feeling that I got after I stepped on the stage, it was so incredible. I was so happy, so happy. And you know, and it's, yeah, I'm still doing it 10 years the later. The rest is history. The rest is history. Lots of lessons. It completely changed my life uh, internally, externally, of course, but internally I'm a, a different woman today. And I know a, a different uh, coach, athlete, I changed my career, I know I changed countries, I changed yeah. Uh, relationship status <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not because of that but you know it is it is it is my life you know I, I learned how to admire this and how to really live this which was like those two athletes that I saw that I really resonated and admired oh I can say their names one of them is a Brazilian athlete called Larissa Race she was the first Brazilian athlete she is actually from my hometown to make it here in the U.S. and she just leaves and breaks. Like now she's going on different paths, but like she was the biggest female bodybuilder Brazilian for a long time, and she's so genuine. And the other one is Massey Arias. You know, she's still doing her thing with fitness. At back then, she was just starting it. Now she's like this huge uh, coach, but it's like she she was that. You know, she was like exactly what I saw. Not just the physical appearance, but like the message, you know, the, the love, the passion for fitness, that's what I wanted to be. I mean, and you look the part, like, yeah. I know th this is 10 years in, Yeah. but the way we met, yeah. I had just moved to Miami. I was walking my dog. You were walking your dog. Somehow we were in the same vicinity. Yeah. And I think we saw each other like a couple of times before we said, yeah. Hi us. yeah. And then I was like, this girl for sure goes to the gym. <laughs> so I thought, uh, why don't I start a conversation? I don't, uh -huh. I, can, I can't remember if it was you and me, but we somehow organically Probably started talking. Probably the dog started. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Probably the dog started saying hello. They're like, her. they need to be friends. Let's make for it happen. Sure. <laughs> and they're so different physically too. It's so funny. And I remember telling you, you look like you work out. What is it that you do? And then you told me, I was like, wow, 
mm-hmm. bodybuilding. And I'm so in awe of people mm-hmm. who do that because I know the discipline it takes, which I don't have personally, which is why I'm so in awe. Debatable. Debatable. Okay. I well, think I'm going to put her in the spotlight, but let's go. Yeah, watch, <laughs> watch me try and compete in bodybuilding. Oh. Yeah, watch the space. Um, I, I think I would die, but <laughs> the lack of food is a little tough for me. But I'm so in awe of what you do to your body. And every time I saw you on the dog walk, your body was changing. Because I think you were um, gearing up for a competition. Every time I saw you, something was different. I was like, wow. She obviously knows what to do to build her body in a certain way. But she obviously has that mental capacity to do it. So while my, what I do, CrossFit, is all about what your body's capable of doing and whatever it looks like, it's just kind of where the pieces fall. Mm-hmm. It's but a consequence. It's not a, it's not a cost. Yes. Exactly. Whereas for you, the way your body looks is exactly what you're trying to get. Yeah. You're trying to build your body like a body architect. Yeah. And that blows my mind completely. Mm-hmm. And I guess my question to you is, what does that do to you mentally when you're trying to cut weight or when you're trying to build muscle so you automatically put on weight? Mm-hmm. What does that do to you mentally? Well, first of all, let me just uh, share real quick that every time we got, we bumped into each other, walking the dog, and you had that message like, wow, you look so different. That would help me so much. You have no idea. Oh, I'm glad. Because it's like, it is a mental challenge. And every time, like, because you, you don't necessarily see the results every day in the mirror, even though you trust the process, but like having somebody externally and I, somebody who knows what she's talking about, you know, just acknowledge that change is like, oh, okay, I can do this one more day. So thank you for that. It is it really special. You have no idea like how, how much your words have impacted other people. Now back to the question. Um, <clears throat> the mental challenge is definitely the hardest one. I mean, um, hunger and, and the, just being tired and sleep, uh, it, it does affect your sleep towards the end. Like if you have lower body fat, your, your feet, you get a little bit sleep deprived. But those are all things that you can just you know, suck it up. Like if you're hungry and there's no food to eat, what do you do? You, you don't eat. It's like you don't have to do anything. It's just like you, you have to not do a thing. You know? But the, the mental challenge of <clears throat> seeing your body, goes, your body go through changes and transformations that you're not always super proud of or not super, I mean, you're proud, but you're not happy with it. It's, it's intense and it's a t- intense mind work. Like for example, now I'm in a season, I just competed in August or in January, probably after October, I went like, okay, I'm going to eat a little bit more. You know, I think I did, I held my weight a little bit after the show. Now I'm going to use this last month, you know, which is convenient. You know, there's a lot of parties, you know, my parents came, came into town to visit, uh, Christmas, Thanksgiving, all of that that stuff. So I'm going to use that time to eat more, increase my metabolism, you know, give my body a break, build some muscle so I can start my season fresh in January and, you know, choose my shows and how's going to be my, my schedule, my agenda. But looking at myself in the mirror every time and like seeing that my clothes are fitting tighter 
or that I don't have lines on my stomach anymore. I don't see my veins on my arm, which I miss it so much. It's, it's challenging, but I need to have in mind what matters the most to me. And it's not for what I chose to do with my life. It's not necessarily how I look now, but it's like, it's like my path as an athlete that really matters to me, especially now coming on, you know, 10 years of being, being in competitions this year, I really want to win a world championship. So that is my focus, even though I, I'm not going to say I hate how I look right now because I learned how to have peace with that. That's not my favorite. I wouldn't choose. Well, I did chose, but you know, if I, if I could have both, I would, you know, be lean and, and restore my metabolism, but I can't. So I need to understand that this is, is just a season and it's okay. And uh, my value is not in how I look. It's in so much more. It's in who I am and what I can do with my body. And funny thing you'd say that just yesterday I was at the gym and I, I did a bunch of things yesterday. Like it took my day off. So I was like, I went to the, to the boardwalk and walked. I would, did a Pilates class and I went to gym, did cardio and lifted some weights. And I'm looking way bigger than I like to look. But I was in the mirror. I was looking in the mirror. And for the first time, I kid you not, I was enjoying myself so much because I was like, I don't have to be lean all the time. I don't have to prove anything to anybody. I know who I am. I know what I'm doing. I know why I'm doing this. It's intentional because I used to always associate higher body fat for me, not for others, higher body fat with being undisciplined or being lazy or losing control. Uh, I've had a little bit of binge eating disorder, you know, like food addictions and food restrictions. It's very common in bodybuilding, unfortunately. But so for me, having a higher weight was associated with that. Oh, I lost control. Mm. And now I know that's not the case. So I know this is very intentional and I was so enjoying myself, even though my arms were bigger than I like, even though my pants are super tight, I have like to be very mindful of the pants that I use because <laughs> I can't hold the gains, but it was, it was incredible. It was very actually um, refreshing to feel that at the gym, to not look how I love to look, but still have a great time. That was the first time that I was able to even grasp that. And it was, it was like, wow, this, like, it's, it's amazing. It feels great because I, once again, I don't, I made peace with my journey. Do you think that that also comes from the fact that you know, based off of experience that you know how to quote unquote control <clears throat> your body, mm -hmm. you know how to get from one look to another Yeah. Does that make you more comfortable and bring you more peace? Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I know it's I know it's possible. I know I can do it anytime. If I want to lose 10 pounds in a month, I can. Mm. That's not on my best benefit, but I know I can. And it, it that certainty only comes like through trial and error, right? Because many times I I went on the other side, like I said, I had uh, a binge eating disorder. So I I had histories of like gaining too much weight and losing too fast. And I remember in 2020, I got, got sick with COVID, but also I had an exposure to mold. I think we talked about this before. Yeah. So I, I gained over 30 pounds, uh, lost a bunch of muscle, couldn't lift for a while. And at that time I had, I had a doubt. I was like, will I ever be able to look like an athlete again? Will I ever be able to compete again? Like, or is this my normal? Like, is, um, am I um, doomed to be like that, you know? And I remember 
going a little bit more on the spiritual side, if you allow me, there was a clear message of God telling me like, you don't have to be fit to be happy. You can have that too, but your happiness needs to come from something else, not, not from how you look. And the second I made peace, like I could live like this, you know, I could be happy like this, 30 pounds overweight is not my preference, but I can. And that's like when I started like to heal and a, a bunch of other stuff happened. So going through that many times, even last year, you know, I talked a little about this. I went through a divorce, so I gained a little bit of weight. And in the back of my mind, like, it's like, oh, will I ever do that again? Will I ever be lean again? How my body's going to be now? It's, it's a, I'm a whole different person. And, you know, every time you do it, you get that positive reinforcement. Yeah. And I think that last transformation, the last competition is like I had such a clearer mind and intention and more awareness, you know, through the difficulties of life, you, you, you become more aware of even why am I doing this? Like, how do I feel? What am I trying to achieve with this? It's just having a six pack for having a six pack. No, it's just so much more than that. And I remember uh, talking to myself, like on the last weeks of it, I was like, I, I feel like I've already won because I conquered myself. You know, of all the negative negativity that I went through and uh, the trials from, you know, facing the divorce and, and being an immigrant in a country, like I have family here and having to rebuild my brain, you know, all that fun stuff that life throws at us. I was like, I was able to conquer myself. And um, so I think after the last time, of course, there's always like new stuff that you learn, right? Every time you do it. But yeah, it's, it's that certainty that I can because I know how to treat my body. I know there's a guy at the gym. He used to see me there all the time. And he's such a sweet guy. One time he, he looked at me and I, that really stuck to me. He looked at me. He said, you do exactly what you want with your body. I respect that. Cause he saw the changes. Like you, you do anything. You, you grow muscle, you lose body fat. You, you're just chilling. Like your body res like responds to what you, you, you tell it to do. And I was like, I guess I do. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And that's something that I find very amazing because to see your body go through these different seasons and to be okay with it. And it seems like this is quite recent. Yeah. How did you deal with things before? Did you nitpick your body and certain areas mm -hmm. on your body in the mirror? Oh, yeah. I hate, hate it. It was, it, it's, it's, um, very draining. I remember, and there was a special occasion that it really changed my perspective on, on that. And it's, and it made me start changing, even though the change doesn't come naturally. Like every, like last night I was getting dressed for New Year's Eve. Didn't like, it wasn't a hundred percent happy with how I looked, but you know, it's just like, I don't care. You know, I'm going to put what makes me feel comfortable. I'm going to feel sexy. I'm going to feel pretty. What if I don't have once again, lines on my stomach, it's fine. And you know, like you, you put, you, you shut those voices down, if it makes any sense. And you make them weaker every time you're able to do that. They're still there. They're going to try to scream loud, but you shut them down. Like, I'm not paying attention to you. I'm focusing on what's good, you know, mm. and that's it. But there was a moment that really changed things for me. I remember 2019, I did a show in the Bahamas was the world's competition. I, I think I looked at me. It was my, my best at the, at, until that time. I got top seven of the world. I was doing fitness, the category of fitness. There. So super, super, super lean, like veins curled up my stomach. 
It was awesome. Came back. I was living in Naples at the time. Uh, went back home for, I think, maybe a month. And then my best friend back home in Brazil was getting married. I was her, her bridesmaid. So we flew, um, flew to Brazil. And then after a show, your body is, is very sensitive to food, to anything. So whatever you eat, you're going to get a little bit of bloating. And, you know, I love food. I love drinks. I love to enjoy life. So I don't, I'm not the type of person who's going to get out of a show and, you know, eat chicken. Hell no. I'm <laughs> going to, I'm going to enjoy some food. And um, so I went to Brazil and I was, you know, back home with my mom and dad and with friends and going out. We had like a bachelorette party for the weekend. So I, yeah, I was enjoying myself. Uh, the food wasn't sitting well. I was very bloated. You know, I was feeling uh, like a lot of, you know, just digestion issues because it's normal. Your body's so clean. So if you eat something that you're not used to eating, your body's going to fight back. And I remember I was so miserable, so freaking miserable, which I hated because, you know, she's my, my bestie. She's my sister. You know, we've known each other. I don't know how long. I'm not going to do math now. But, you no, know, my best friend was getting married. I was so happy for her. And I was so happy to be there. It was just a beautiful moment in, in her life, which makes a beautiful moment in my life because she's my sister. But I was so miserable. Like I avoided mirrors at all costs. Um, I was, you know, trying to hide with my clothes. I hated how I look at her wedding. I look, I even like, I look at pictures of the stage and I like, I can feel my misery, you know, and how I look. That was 2019. Fast forward maybe... One, two years after that, I was scrolling through my pictures and I saw a picture like a selfie at the gym. And I, wow, I looked amazing at this time. Like, when was this? And I went back, you know, to check the date. Yes, of course. It was the date that I was there. Like that week. And I was going to the gym and I was doing my car. I was lifting weights. No, not, not from, that's just what I do. You know, it's, it's part of me. And I was like, how is that possible? I felt so miserable, yet I looked so incredible. And I, it became clear to me at that moment, like, I will never let that happen to me again. Never. I will never let how I feel or how I think I feel affect, first, my value about myself and the enjoyment that I, I should be having. So that, of course, it's easier said than done. It's, it's, a, it's a constant battle, like just happened yesterday. I'm like, I'm not. I'm not let that take the joy out of me because I might look back two years from now and look at pictures like, wow, I looked amazing. Why didn't I feel amazing? So understanding that how I see myself in the mirror is not exactly a reality. And once you have that knowledge, you know, because we're very bright women, intelligent Mm -hmm. women, like I'm not going to let that rob my joy because it might not even be true. Because I, I don't, it's something that I, I'm, I'm so curious about. And I try to find answers, not just to help me, of course, but to help my clients and like my friends and you know, women around me. Because we have those, those very mean voices in our minds, in our, in, inside us that tell us we're never pretty enough, smart enough, successful enough, whatever, all the enough that you want to throw it. But once I understand logically and I have proof, like that's not true. Why would I keep listening to that voice? And after that, every time I look in the mirror, I was like, Ugh. I was like, it's okay. It's a season. I might be bloated. I might be 10 pounds heavier. I might be whatever. First of all, it's not permanent. You know, it can change any time. Second, it doesn't determine my value. 
and it, it surely shouldn't determine my, my enjoyment of life. Now, mind you, I think we're going to talk about this. Like, I really, I love looking good. I love looking, like looking in the mirrors, like, wow, damn, I look amazing. And I think that's, that's, there's a huge value in that. But you need to be able to understand the difference of how you think you look and those evil voices that we have and taking value of the the work that you're putting in yourself. You know, if that matters to you, yeah, you should be happy about your progress. But understanding also that it will never be perfect and that, you know, the more you progress, just like anything in your life, the more you progress, the more you want. So let's say you have a six pack and you're gonna like, oh, maybe I wanna like move this a little bit more, create a little bit more glutes from relax. Like it, it it's an it's an endless pursuit. So if you if you determine your joy and your happiness towards a result, a physical result in your body, you'll be constantly miserable because you'll never achieve it. So you need to deposit your joy on the habits that you have to achieve that. And learn how when you're looking at yourself in the mirror, learn, okay, obviously I see all those things that I don't like. That's just automatic for us. I just talked about this yesterday on Instagram, actually. I was like, why why am I not? I'm going to be a rebel today and I'm going to look for the things that are going right and I'm going to focus on that. I'm still, this this is aware. The negative part, it's I can't hide it. I can't unsee it. I know it's there. But what if I focus on the things that I do love about myself, like on the things that are working right, like on, let's say, all the weight that I've lost, all the muscle that I've built, or all the strength I developed, you know, or like, I don't know how my hair looks amazing, you know, how my, my skin is good. Like, there's also many things for us to be happy and proud about. So it's, it's at the end of the day is you choose which voice in your head you listen to. Sorry, I spoke a lot. So I love that you were focusing on the inner voices in your head. Mm -hmm. But in what you do, it comes down to what the judges think about you. Yeah. So that's external voices. So how do you deal with that and your mental state? Um, first of all, I had to learn that if I wanted to continue to do bodybuilding, I'd have to find joy and success from myself, not from the judges. Of course, everybody wants to win. I'm not doing this leisurely. I want to win. I want a title. I want my trophy. I want my crown. I love that. Um, but uh, if I'm only happy when I win, then I really shouldn't be playing the sport because you, when you put yourself out there, you need to learn how to how to lose and, and grow from it. I remember I, I did a show in in Toronto, 2016. It was my second pro show ever. I just became a pro 2015, 2016. I was there. And funny, like how, how you evolve in, in the sport, right? I remember there, I used to do like a, a 90% type of prep. Like I wouldn't give 100%. And looking back, I understood why. Because first of all, I, I was afraid. Like what if I give 100% and I don't win? Because when you give 90% and you don't win, you're like, ah, you know, I can win if I do 100%. It's that, that in the back of your head, like a protection mechanism. And then I remember I gave like 90% and it was a huge competition. I don't know. There must have been at least 50 girls competing with me. 
so like you you step on stage at first and you have all these lines of like 10 women jumping and jumping and it was like wow man like it's a lot but you're in this, even though you're on stage a long time you're not being seen a long time so maybe i had like stage time i don't know tops five minutes ten minutes and then it was over you know and i had this prep for so long and it was such an unusual uh prep because it was my first prep um move and living in the u.s and i was traveling a lot for work and it was like i just i made it happen but once again giving 90 percent but then I was so frustrated when I wasn't called, like in bodybuilding, we have the first, the call outs, right? Let's say they have 50 athletes and they're going to choose the first 10 that they want to see to be, to do like a, a conf confrontational, I don't know how to say that, <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the front. And if you're not on the first call out, basically, not always, but basically means like you're not going to get top 10. And I did. And I was like, bummer. All right, you said you can cuss. Fuck. I was like, I did all this for nothing. I was so like, fuck that. I went on the, on the on the lunch break. I had burgers and fries. Well, my coach told me to have you. Usually, usually have a meal like that in between those shows. If it's a morning and a night show. Um, but I was like, so like, I'm like, I don't give a shit anymore. Like, I'm just gonna step on stage because now I'm here and I I had makeup on. My hair looks fab, so I'm just gonna do it. But then at, at, after that show, I started understanding if I do it, first of all, if I do a half-ass prep, I'll get half-ass results. So I'm going to stop doing that. Like, and it took me a while to do show. I took a break after that, uh, about a two-year break. But I learned, like, I need to give myself 100% because if I do a 90% job and I understand the judges are, of course, you're going to see it because my body doesn't look as good as it, it could uh, and I have my validation from them, I'm always going to be a sore loser and I'm always going to be miserable. So what's the point of doing the sport? I need to find joy and validation on my, my input, not on the outcome. And once I understood, okay, if I give a hundred percent and I think I did the best prep ever, like the show I did after that, 2018 was in London. I gave a hundred percent, like to the T, like there wasn't one meal that it wasn't perfect. All my training sessions were perfect. Everything I did was like flawless. I stepped on stage. I got sixth place. It wasn't a big show. It was a much smaller show. It wasn't the world. It was just a, the European show. But I was so happy. So freaking happy because, you know, it's on what I put in. And I was so happy with myself with the results. Which, you know, comes back to the question. looks like I, I completely diverted, but I didn't. Because no, it's a... <laughs> so, understanding that that the judges judgment is what but they're there to do that and understanding that they're judging on, on beauty they're judging based on what they believe it's not necessarily truth but you know i can't also if i if i put myself out there to play that sport i need to abide by the rules you know there's a certain select group of people who understand the industry understand the sport they know what they're doing it doesn't mean I'm worse or less valuable than the girl who gets first. It just means that on that day, they thought she was better. And once you understand that, you take the, the value of your performance as an athlete from them and then understand they, it, it's a timely thing. Like let's say you have two, like Brazil is huge in soccer, right? You have two soccer teams. One, it's clearly better than the other, but the other team scores more. It's going to win. doesn't mean they're necessarily better. It just means they played a better match. Same thing with bodybuilding. Uh, 
I understand my value as an athlete now. I understand that the the competition is really against myself, as as cliche as that sounds. You know, I'm just every time I step on stage, I'm trying to be better than I was last time. I'm trying to make improvements on myself that I believe are gonna make me more successful. And also, but what what caters to my taste. The beauty about the competition that I do with bodybuilding is how I I, I step on stage however I want to look. If I want to have bigger quads, bigger glutes, because it's it's more like almost like a fitness modeling. So I don't have to have the perfect symmetry of traditional bodybuilding. If I want to step on stage looking how I want to look, more abs, less abs, more quads, less quads, more butt, more butt, less butt. Yeah, because also like when I step on stage looking exactly how I want to look and not trying to imitate the last year's champ, uh, champion, I'm, I'm better at stage. I feel more confident. I feel more comfortable. So after that show in 2016 and, and stepping on stage again 2018 with a much better perspective, of course, age really helps because you, you, you become wiser, I believe. Uh, it really takes completely takes the, the mental game out of that. You know, of course, there's a lot of emotions once you get the results. Let's say you're, you're there lined up with the 10 and they got third, they got the second. I was like, oh my gosh, did I get the first? And you're not called at all. It's like, uh, it's like a punch in the stomach. Like he's trying to turn to smile. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wanted to be there, of course. But, and then you like step back almost again with the voices. You choose which voice to listen. Like good for her. She won. Amazing. Let me go back and see like what could I have done better and understand, okay, do I want to do this again? How am I going to do this? How is it going to look like? What what am I trying to do with that? What am I trying to achieve? And then you make it about you, not about the judges or other people's opinion. And I love what, the, the thing, thing about sport that, that I love is that it's such a good metaphor for life. Oh, yeah. And you understanding in your sport that you not winning what is supposed to be, let's say, for to make it as easy as possible, what is supposed to be a what is perfect competition mm -hmm. doesn't mean that you're not beautiful it doesn't mean that you don't look fit it doesn't mm -hmm. mean that it negates your work that you've put into your body mm -hmm. and your mind for even getting there it's just it is what it is you can't please everyone yeah. you can't be beautiful to everyone you ask me what i think is beautiful will be maybe completely different to what you think yeah is beautiful mm -hmm. or is close to perfect, for example. And I think the minute we dissociate ourselves from even caring what other people think, the happier we are. Yeah. Whether that's easy or not, that's a completely <laughs> different question. But ultimately, I think the more we dissociate ourselves from that, mm -hmm. the happier we are. Yeah. And, and like you said, it's a metaphor for life, you know, because if you if you go around life, uh, I think probably all of us battle that at a certain time and age, trying to please others, you're going to soon discover that that's first impossible. And you're just going to be miserable because you're going against what matters to you, right? So it, it should really be a focus on you, pleasing you first, making sure you are happy with your behaviors, with your habits, with your life. And that way, people who love you and are around you, they're going to be happy too. And, um, and even talking about the sport, you know, it, it is tough. It's a competition. It's it's not for the, the soft-hearted because, you know, you're putting yourself out there. And it's you need to learn that you're not always going to win, but every loss can be a win. Like I remember the girl, the girl who won my first ever competition, 
she did nothing with it. Like she didn't pursue the sport. It was a one-time thing. Kudos for her. Like she won, but she didn't pursue a career. Maybe if I won my first show, the same would have happened to me. I was like, okay, check the box. But I think mostly because of my loss and, and I went on to do, I did a lot of shows before I won my first one. I think not winning made me, I don't think, I know for sure not winning, not starting as a winner, coming from like back in my teenage days where like I used to be a dancer and all that. I used to win all the competitions. So not winning made me want to pursue the win a lot. And it made me a better athlete, made me a better person. You know, it, it changed my life, like I told you. Maybe if I won, I don't know what would happen to me. You know, it's like maybe too easy and maybe maybe I would lost interest. So yeah, not winning is a blessing when you know how to yeah. look at it. I do believe that a certain level of uncomfort, mm -hmm. well, discomfort is needed in life. Mm -hmm. The more comfortable you are, the less motivated you are. Yeah. But then of course, you don't want so much discomfort that you feel defeated mm -hmm. yeah. and you don't chase that goal. So I really do think in life, it's up to us to find a balance between being comfortable and being mm -hmm. uncomfortable yeah and constantly i believe chasing something yeah whatever that is i do think that chasing something just keeps you going and gives purpose to your life it can be that you're chasing a job it can be that you're chasing the perfect relationship it may be that you're chasing a competition yeah just something or even just chasing being the best version of you and yes. understanding that within all these processes, it's going to hurt and it's going to be tough, but it's worth it. Yeah. Um, and you see that in sport. And that's why it's such a perfect replica of life. Yeah. I remember when I, the first morning I woke up after my, my last show, I, I came back to Miami and I woke up, was it a Monday morning? I think it was a Monday morning. And, you know, I didn't have to wait myself. I didn't have to go do cardio. I didn't have to take pictures. I didn't have to rehearse the pose. I felt empty. I felt like, oh, what's my purpose today? Because when you have something like that, you're chasing, like you wake up every day, like you, you're spot on. You know what you're doing. You know you have this, 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 and this to do. So you're like, okay, let's go. When you don't have a goal, if, even though like, I'm not saying don't take breaks. Breaks are important, especially in sport or anything you're doing. But it's like, you wake up and it's like, I look around like, what, what am I to do now? It's like, there's no goal, even though the goal was to rest and that's a challenge. But um, it, yeah, the, having a goal, it's, it's really important. It moves you. There's um, Ed Mylett, he has a, a beautiful term that I think represents that. And I use it a lot. It's called blissful dissatisfaction. I've heard, heard him say about no. that. He, he does an analogy like when you have, for us foodies, right? When you have a beautiful, juicy piece of steak in your front, like you have that first bite and you love that and you're so happy with that. But look at all that other, like the rest of the steak there. You're, you're enjoying that piece with all your heart and, 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 and saliva and, and, <laughs> and all the digestive enzymes. But you still want more steak. Like... And that's the blissful dissatisfaction. You're having a bliss, but you still want more. And I think that that really plays such a huge role in the, our lives as an athlete, but also just in general, like learning how to be happy with what you have, but pursuing more, having that goal-oriented life. Like I'm loving this stage that I am right now, but I'm not settling. 
I want more, not from a place of like, of lack or of guilt or of like, I need to prove something, but like, I just want more and it's nothing wrong with that. Gosh, that's so true. Thank you, Amanda, for being here. Thank you for being so honest, so open and for sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you. And that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Discussions podcast. I hope you got to learn a thing or two and of course become the best version of you. I'll see you next time.